Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Thanks for being here this morning. If this is your first time at Sherwood Oaks Bedford, just especially want to welcome you and uh, hope that you um, have been able to worship with us this morning. We, we're going to go into a time where we just dive into God's Word. If you brought a Bible with you, go ahead and pull that out. Uh, we'll open up our, to our scripture here in just a little bit. We'll also have the words up on, up on the screen. So there comes a, a time in every relationship where we have to use words. I mean, words are important if you want to have a relationship with somebody, right? Um, some wives are nudging their husband right now, like, did you hear that? Words are important if you want to have a relationship with me. And sometimes those first words in a relationship can be pretty awkward. Uh, those first words oftentimes are known as pickup lines, right? So hopefully if you say the right words in that pickup line, you'll grab someone's attention and they want to have more words with you, well, believe it or not, there are websites dedicated to Christian pickup lines. And so I want to just kind of access my inner swag this morning, and I'm looking at you, not you, Abigail, just past you, to Amber. What's up, girl? How you doing? So uh, you really are a fisher of men because you reeled me in. Oh, they only get better. They only get better. So I put the stud in Bible study. <laughs> now I know why Solomon had 700 wives, because he never met you. <laughs> couple more, couple more. And, and you can take notes. If, if you're single, you can, you can take notes. So last night I was reading the book of Numbers, and I realized I don't have yours. <laughs> okay, last one, last one. Oh, no, no, maybe two more. You guys could give me two more. So Jesus tells us to feed the hungry. How about dinner tonight? How'd you like to join my purpose-driven life? <laughs> now, I don't think, aside from totally embarrassing Amber right now, I don't think any of those would have, you know, helped me uh, be able to have her as my wife today if I use any of those on her. Using words can be important. Using the right words especially can be important. Every relationship is built on communication and communication. You know, we can communicate a lot in body language, right? Like we know that. Body language communicates um, oftentimes a whole lot more than our words do, but communication does require, require words. And sometimes those first words, they can feel awkward, um, much like you guys just experienced right there, much like Amber just experienced. But but you have, to, you have to say it. You have to use words in, in your relationships because friendships and marriages, they're, they're built on, on the words that we use, and they can also be torn down on the words that we use. And so words really do matter. And the same is true in, in a relationship where we're trying to help someone find and follow Jesus. Like, if you're here this morning and you're, like, you're seeking faith, maybe you're not really sure what you believe, I want you to know, like, I've given careful consideration to the words that I'm using to you this morning, because words matter. Connie, in her communion and offering meditation, she poured special attention into words that she wanted to use, because words are powerful, and words, words matter. And, and there comes a, a point where, where when, you're, when you're hoping to help someone find and follow Jesus, there comes a point where you have to use, you have to use words. You have to speak. Paul puts it like this in Romans 10, 14. He says, he says, how can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Now, 
we may look at that verse and say, well, that's a great verse for you, Sean, because you're a preacher. But let's not get hung up on that word preaching, because really all that that means is telling someone about Jesus. Like, that's all that it means. And so there are times in your life and in relationships with others where you will preach God's love, not be preachy to them. There's a thing, we probably all know the difference, but you have an opportunity to preach God's love to someone. Because it really does just come down to telling someone about the good news of Jesus. And if we're going to help someone find and follow him, then we've got to use our words. If you have a Bible or a Bible app that you like to use, turn with me to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, like I said earlier, we'll have those words up on the screen as well. Had a gentleman come up to me last week and, uh, and say, I love, we're diving into the real Lord's Prayer. And we, we typically think of the Lord's, Lord's Prayer uh, as being the one that we find in Matthew 6 and in Luke 11. And, and we refer to it as the Lord's Prayer because it's the Lord's model prayer. Like, like Jesus, his disciples, they teach us how to pray in Luke 11. Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is just kind of talking, this is how you pray. And so those two passages are, are model prayers. They're, they're, they're kind of an outline and a guide that Jesus gives us for how to pray. But in John chapter 17, we see the Lord praying. We, we see like the entire chapter is just Jesus talking to his heavenly father. We get this inside look into an intimate conversation between the son and, and the father. And we're in the fourth week of our series called Live Like Jesus. And we've been talking about how we can live and act more like Jesus in, in our life and how we can help others do the, the very same thing. Really what this series is about is, is discipleship. And throughout this, this series, over the last four or five weeks, we've been, we've been defining discipleship like this. Discipleship is becoming more like Jesus in our attitude and in our actions. And I would go as far to say that if you're not becoming more like Jesus in your attitude and in your actions, then you're really not a disciple because that is what a disciple does, becomes more like Jesus in attitude and action as the Holy Spirit does its work in our lives. And we try to overcomplicate discipleship and make it something that it's not. But really, at the end of the day, this is what it comes down to. It comes down to be being, being more like Jesus in attitude and in actions. And here's the really cool part. When we help other people do the same, then we become disciple makers. When we help other people know, love, and follow Jesus, when we help them become more like Jesus in attitude and action then we become disciple makers. We, we live out the calling that we have on our lives as followers of Jesus to go and to make disciples. And that's Jesus' desire for us, that our lives bear much fruit, bear much fruit of people following Jesus more because of our interaction with them in their life. So for us to become more like Jesus and to help others do the same, there are times where we have to use words. We have to use words. And Jesus modeled this for us to his disciples. Look at our text with me. John 17, starting in verse 6. Jesus says, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know everything that you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. Words. 
Words matter. Jesus revealed the glory of God. He revealed his, his grace and his wisdom and his goodness. He revealed his nature and his character. Jesus revealed the glory of God in, in so many different ways. He, he revealed it in his life, but he also revealed it through his, through his words. Scripture says that Jesus taught with authority. He, he took the words that the Father had given him and he gave them to others. And, and after Jesus got done teaching or speaking, oftentimes the crowds were left in amazement because they'd never heard someone teach like that. And Jesus would say, it's not because of anything I have. It's because of the words that the Father has given me that I gave to you. A lot of us, we don't feel like we're up for that challenge, right? We feel like, ah, I don't, there's no way I can do that, you know, and we don't feel like we can talk to others about Jesus, and so we come up with all of these, all of these objections. We say things like, well, what if, what if I don't know what to say? What if they ask me a question and I don't know how to respond? You get that? You might think, well, I don't, I don't really know enough about the Bible to talk to somebody about Jesus or to, to point them to, to some things that are in here. I might make it awkward. Listen, like, that's my life. It's just going through making things awkward. Just ask my wife. I did it like five times last week when we were down in Florida. She would, would leave just shaking her head going, what are you doing? Stop talking. And some of us think, yeah, I might make it awkward. Some just kind of rest on this. So that's just what we pay the preachers for. So I'll just kind of sit back, hang out at church. We, we pay the preachers to tell other people about Jesus. We say things, and, and I, love, I love this this concept behind it. We say things like, well, I'll just, I'll just let my actions speak for themselves. Like, I'll, I'll just live out my faith and let my actions speak for themselves. And I think that's great. You know, many of us have even adopted this, this line that, that's oftentimes credited to St. Francis of Assisi that, that I love. It's preach the gospel always, if necessary, use words. I, I love the attitude behind that. That, that our lives really can just shine a light. They can preach the gospel just with how we live and how we interact with others. And, and, and there are times, you know, if necessary, use, use words. And the truth is, is that people absolutely need to see our faith validated in our actions. <laughs> it, it's one of the ways that we reveal God's love to others, like what we talked about last week. They need to see God's love poured through our actions to them and the way that we act and react in, in life and in business and in traffic. Like they need to see Jesus in us. It's one of the ways that we can preach God's love to them. And Jesus was a master at demonstrating what a life devoted to God looked like. And so just telling people about Jesus without good actions is what leads so many, or really maybe even worse, telling people about Jesus followed up with like bad actions. <laughs> It's what leads so many people to rightly slap the label of hypocrite onto many Christians. And so our actions, they matter, but actions only leave a lot to be desired. It leaves a lot of unanswered questions. Jesus used words, powerful words, full of conviction and authority. We see in Jesus that both demonstration and articulation are important parts of helping people know, love, and follow Jesus. And so here's what I believe about every single person that desires to <clears throat> have a spiritual influence in the life of someone else. Here's what I believe, that everyone can speak to someone about Jesus. <clears throat> everyone 
can speak to someone about Jesus. Say that, say that with me, ready? Everyone can speak to someone about Jesus. Raise your hand if you're an everyone in here today. Yeah, you are. So let's personalize just a little bit here. Say, I can speak to someone about Jesus. Say, say that to someone sitting next to you or around you. If you shout it out in the row behind you, say, I can speak to someone about Jesus. Okay, okay, okay. Like you mean it this time, ready? I can speak to someone about Jesus. Now, a lot of us, we said that and we're like, I'm just doing this because you're telling me to, man, and I want this to be over with. See, I make things awkward. But I'm telling you, you can speak to someone about Jesus because everyone can speak to someone about Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter how much or how little you think that you know about Scripture. It doesn't matter how long or how little you've been following Jesus. Everyone can speak to someone about Jesus. And here's how you can do it. Number one, use words wisely. Use your words wisely. You don't have to use a lot of words. You don't have to memorize something. Just keep it simple, right? Like that's a really good motto for most of life. Just keep it simple. A new study shows that people see and hear 100,000 words each day. Think about that. Between Facebook and marketing and news articles and all of these things, we read or see 100,000 words every day. That's the equivalent of reading the first five books of the Bible every day. That's how many words we see and hear each day. That's, uh, <laughs> if they happen to go to, to CVS that day and get a receipt, they get to see 150,000 words. <laughs> Early Halloween costume? No, CVS receipt. So if you're looking for something to dress your kids or grandkids up, just go shop at uh, CVS and you can wrap them up in the receipt. Those things are so big. Some of the most famous speeches and documents are known for their brevity. The Declaration of Independence was only 1,337 words. 1,337 words. We were talking about this in our teaching team meeting, and, and I said, man, that is, that is half the length of my average sermon. And Tim Thompson looked at me and said, well, you have something to shoot for then, don't you? <laughs> After Edward Everett gave a two-hour speech filled with big words and long run-on sentences, anybody know the name Edward Everett? Anybody know it? I bet you'll know the speaker who followed him. Abraham Lincoln stood up, gave the Gettysburg Address, 272 words, a masterpiece that took less than three minutes. When we talk to someone about Jesus, we don't have to use a lot of words. In fact, it's usually better if we just employ Jesus' method of asking more questions than telling people all that we know. But be ready to use your words wisely when the time comes. Number two, use the words that God gave you. Jesus even says, I, I just gave them the words that you gave me, Father. I, I gave them the words that you gave to me. And a lot of people believe that when Jesus was in the womb, God like put this chip inside of him to where he was born and he knew everything about everything. And he came out and like he looked at his mother and said, well, hello, Mary, I've been expecting you. Uh, and let me tell you about God and what heaven is like and, and how the world should work and what it was like for, for these little hands to create everything that you see. But that's not what we read in Scripture. We, we read in Scripture 
that, that Jesus developed in his understanding, that he grew in his knowledge of God. He had a zeal for worshiping in his father's house even at a young age, and he was consumed by God's word. He committed scripture to memory and practiced it in order to have something to give to people. And so Jesus was a man, you know, human, just like, just like we are. He studied, he learned, he filled his mind and his heart with scripture so that he would have something to give to others when the time was, was right. And the truth is that God speaks through his word. Jesus listened to the word of God and he gave it to others. And when we listen to God's word by spending time in it, by reading it and taking it in and hiding it in our hearts, then we can speak to others what they need when they need it. We don't have to rely on our own intellect. In fact, Paul even says in Corinthians, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The world does not need our, our great wisdom. They just need to know about Jesus. And so speak the words that God gives you. And then number three, use words in the context of everyday life. Use words wisely. Use the words that God gives you and use words in the context of everyday life. Don't overcomplicate it. Again, when you're talking about your faith and helping others find and follow Jesus, just keep it simple. Too many people feel like faith is irrelevant in their life already. Don't affirm that by the words that you use. <laughs> You don't have to use a bunch of big, unnecessary words that just leave, leave people feeling confused and a little exasperated. The best method is just to keep it simple. Let's check this out. This day you fought with honor. This day you vanquished those that mean to smite us. The Dark Lord forged his enemies to wreak their terror, but we persevered and slayed them forthwith. In the years to come, they will sing our victory song as we sung for our forefathers. Sorry. The Sorry. Sorry, God. Uh, just one thing I thought I might bring up. Whatever is it, brother of the watch, fellow kinsman. Yeah, this. Honored knight of the third yeah, men. This is, is what I want to talk about. We are using way too many words, guys. How doth thou mean, proud warrior of the north? Brave son of yeah, the... There. That's what's... Like, we could really speed things up around here if, if we just cut down on the wordage. How so, brother of the cloth? Defender of the Norse. Well, like in battle today, huh? um, when you yelled, um, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, noble horde, raise thy shields from yonder field of battle approaches, is it thy mm -hmm. enemy's arrows? arrows? Yeah. yeah, next time, just yell duck. I reckon. You know, I mean, a lot, a lot of us died before you finished talking. So, not speak in such an elongated way for the, for the sake of the time. Exactly. Actually, and and just while we're on the topic, we were just talking about this morning. Um, the tales that we tell, the one about the ring and the sh short, hairy foot people. Mm -hmm. Maybe that could be just one story. You know instead of six three-hour unnecessarily long stories 
Some merit you may have in your words, my brother. Yeah. I see how my verbose retelling may I, elongate I, the... I don't, I don't think you, you do. No? Um, yeah, uh, even this. The, the victory speech you're making, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think maybe just say we won or something. You know, you guys were dead? Uh, yeah. Your words have resonated deep in my mind, my brother. Again, I don't I think see... they I don't think they have, because you're still he's still doing it. Yeah. We won! Yeah! So I think too many, too many Christians just try using all of this like Christianese, like big words that they don't really even fully understand and certainly people that they talk to don't really understand when all that they should be saying is duck or, you know, we won and that victory that we have can be yours and Jesus too. Each day we're surrounded by things in life that give us the opportunities just to point to and talk to people about Jesus when we see them. We get to take advantage of those moments and tell people about God's great love for them. So how can we do this? Here's one way that I just want to challenge you with this week. Just share your story with one person this week. Share the story of what God is doing in your life with one person this week. Even if the story of what God is doing in your life this morning is, hey, I went to church on Sunday and it was kind of weird, but uh, I think I might go again. <laughs> Maybe the story is... Like the guy in John chapter 9, who all that he knows about Jesus is what he did for him. All he knew is, I once was blind, but now I see. Maybe the story of what God is doing is something that he's teaching you in, in his word. As you're reading a passage of, of scripture, and I just challenge you to, to share that with somebody. It, it can be a Christian, it can be a non-Christian, just share it with somebody. And let them know what God is teaching you in your life. Again, here's the, the thing. It, most people just need something that's simple. They're, they're not looking for anything profound. And I think oftentimes the more profound we try to be, maybe the more confusing we can be. And the truth is that people don't need your cleverness. They need the wisdom of God's word in their life. And we share so many things in life. We share good news. We share bad news. We share burdens with one another. We share joys. We share recipes and pictures of our food on Facebook. <laughs> we share so many things. I just challenge you, get into the habit of sharing with others what God is teaching you through his word or in your life group or in Bible study. Get in the habit of just sharing. The most effective at evangelism and disciple making are those who just love God and love people and are eager to share what God is teaching them. So if you want to be effective in reaching people for Jesus, if you want to be affecting and helping them grow and, and become more like Jesus in their attitude and action, and just share what God is doing and teaching you in your life. God wants to speak to us. He wants to guide us. He, he has promised to reveal himself to us through his word and through the Holy Spirit. And as he gives to you, he wants you to now take that and give it to others. And when you do, you find that it's actually in the giving that you receive the most. Living like Jesus means that, like Jesus, we pass on the words that God gave us to, to other people, to encourage them, to challenge them, to help them find and, and follow him. And if you're not sure what words to, to start with, let me, let me tell you two 
that are really good. They're the words do and the word done and the difference between them. And you can just share with somebody this week the difference between do and done. And here's what I mean. So many people walk through this life carrying an unnecessary weight of burden, feeling like they have to do for God in order to be loved by him. That I have to do and do and do for God in order to be loved by him. And they feel like if, 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 if they do enough, then God will notice them and he will bless them and, and he will provide for them and he will love them. And if they don't feel like that's happening, then they wonder what more they have to do for God or what they, don't, what they have to stop doing in order for God to, to love them, in order for them to be able to earn God's love. And they have this do mentality when it comes to their relationship with the Father. But in Jesus, we get to speak the word done over people. The good news of Jesus teaches us that because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, the price of our sin have already been paid. It's been done for us. We don't have to do anything but place our faith in what Jesus has already done for us. We get to walk in step with him now. We get to live in the freedom of God's mercy and love and his grace. And not only that, but we get to speak about that love others. Just stand with me and we'll pray. Father, thank you for what you have done for us through Jesus, that through his sacrifice, we have been forgiven. We have been set free. And Lord, I pray that you will give us the words uh, through your Holy Spirit and through your word to be able to share with others uh, the hope and the love that we have found in Jesus. Give us courage to speak for you, and, uh, and Lord, give us opportunities, even this week, to share with one person just what you're doing in our life, what you're teaching us in your word, and may it be an encouragement to them. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen.